I would like to welcome everyone in, fresh off of our grilled meat salute to our fallen soldiers, that is Memorial Day weekend in America. Don't even worry about looking at the calendar for the official solstice date. Summer's officially here. And if you're like me, you've got that fresh new larger size swimsuit on order. Maybe Jeff Bezos' drones have already dropped it off at your front door. And now you have this fresh new episode of Odyssey's favorite weekly podcast game to enjoy in your earbuds while you're catching a few rays in the sand, whether it be at the beach or just that lot across the street that is somehow immune to grass. I am your host, Mark Menard, and of course, my cohort, Zach Clark, is here as well. Zach, did you work all winter getting your beach body locked in? Yeah, it's locked into being as flabby as it's ever been, and now it's just sunburned. We're rolling. We're off to summer. I thought you were going to say you locked it away in the closet never to be seen again. That was good. Well, I never had it to begin with, so there's no (laughs) closet to put it in. So, I mean, I don't even know how you want to handle that. So here we are. This is called Name That News, and here's how it works. We have listened to an entire week's worth of news clips, little sound bites. We picked out our favorites, and we're going to get you to guess what they're talking about. We may have taken key little points of it out so that you don't have it totally given to you. So we're going to jump right into this thing. And Zach, I believe you are leading us off this week. Uh, That's right, Mark. I'm in the Midwest. Let's stay in the Midwest. This clip from WBBM in Chicago. A suburban community is planning tighter security at events this summer following chaos caused by a at a carnival last weekend. So, Mark, what caused the chaos? Was it A, a flash mob of teenagers... Was it B, a group of teenagers getting into a fight, or was it C, a group of protesting teenagers? All right, I'm going to say it has to do with teenagers. We'll start there. Are flash mobs still a thing? I feel like that's very, like, 2013, maybe. I I haven't seen a flash mob in, like, a decade. (laughs) So I don't think it's the flash mob, which means it's probably going to be the flash mob. But I'm going to throw that one right out. And we're going to go with either teenagers getting into a fight or teenagers protesting. You know, nothing kills a vibe like a big fight at a party. So I'm going to go ahead and say it was teenagers getting into a fight. Mark, you talked yourself out of the right answer immediately. It was <laughs> A, a flash mob of teenagers. Really? Yes, and that's why I picked this one. I said the same thing. I heard this story. It's in a suburb of Chicago. They were having this festival, and somehow a flash mob of teenagers caused chaos. And before I said, well, what was the flash mob or why were they there? I said, what year is this? <laughs> Are flash mobs still a thing? You remember that was such a big deal, Mark, for a really intense moment. Flash mobs were everywhere. Thankfully, they're gone. Uh, well, except for in Chicago, I guess. I was really surprised. Yeah, you know, Chicago is usually the cutting edge of, uh, of coolness. Look, maybe they want some sweet, sweet nostalgia. They're taking it back to the heady days of 2012. I don't know. Well, the city's cracking down. They say no more flash mobs. You know, this is going to end up being Kevin Bacon-esque movie where the thing that everybody loves is banned because somebody died doing it and then they're going to bring it back because at the end of the day, in our hearts, we know we're all just waiting for that next flash mob. So look, before Kevin Bacon gets involved in this thing, let's go ahead and move this show along six degrees of separation to this next question. And this question is coming to us from KCBS in San Francisco about what we're living on these days. It used to be considered to be more decadent and something that was bad for you. When actually now, I think that's... So what is sustaining us here in 2023? Is it A, coffee? Is it B, snacks? Or is it C, avocado toast? Well, here's the thing, Mark. I am a millennial, and so that means two things are true. I rent a house because I love avocado toast and nothing else. Not the economy, not anything. Avocado toast is a likely culprit, but here's the thing. 
I think, I'm not a healthy guy, as we talked about at the Open, but I think avocado is good for you anyway, right? Like healthy fats or some junk like that. So, you know, coffee and snacks, there's always been this thing about caffeine where it's not good for you, but it has these benefits. But here's the thing. I'm going to go with the curveball here and say that snacking is now the thing that's sustaining us. You know what? You reasoned yourself right into the right answer, unlike me. They had a dietitian on over at KCBS, and she said, we're living off of snacks in 2023. People are doing more snacking than actual meals. A lot of grazing going on, I guess. And look, that's how my kids eat. I totally relate to what she's saying. The bit of advice they did give is always make sure you know what you're putting in your body. Quote, read it before you eat it. Unlike what Weird Al Yankovic taught us back in the 80s, where just eat it no matter what it is. That's correct. One of the all-time great music videos and parody songs. On that note, Mark, we're going to WCBS in New York City. Take a listen. The graffiti has a pop art vibe to it. The mystery artist has tagged up at least six in southern Westchester. All Mark, what did the graffiti depict? Was it the Yankees winning the 2023 World Series? Was it B, pizza slices? Or C, everybody's favorite politician from New York, George Santos? I don't think it's George Santos. I don't think he has reached that cult level of fame just yet. So then that leaves us with the Yankees winning the World Series in 2023. So obviously future events that haven't happened yet. Or pizza slices. The Yankees are very divisive if you're not in New York. But everybody loves pizza. And I can't think of a thing that would suit graffiti more than a quick mock-up of pizza. So let's say pizza slices. Mark, you are correct. It is indeed pizza slices, and those pizza slices are being painted on the sides of pizzerias, as you've heard, now six of them, and the artist is a total mystery. I'm assuming it's not Banksy, but for those of you that remember, maybe it was the Noid. <laughs> Look, the Noid is very mischievous, but I really like the idea that Banksy's in his pizza period right now. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I mean, Macaulay Culkin went through a phase where he was in a band that only sang about pizza. So, I mean, this is all possible. So now we're going we're to go right around the corner from you, obviously, WWJ in Detroit. I'm sure this is just right off of your backyard. This is a dispute in federal court. Let's see what they have to say about it. Attorneys for the Maxons say officials in Long Lake Township used as part of a zoning dispute. So what did the government use to get incriminating information in this case? Did they use A, the couple's nine-year-old? Did they use B, a drone? Or did they use C, the husband's mistress? I love this question. And by the way, this is in Michigan, but this is quite far from me. About nine or ten hours up in the UP this happened, uh, based on where they said it was at least. So here's the thing. I lived in Arizona for a while, and in Arizona they used to be able to issue tickets using cameras. If you ran a red light, they would take your picture, they would send you the ticket with your picture driving the car, right? So there was no question. But they used to include the picture of the passenger until a man sued because his wife caught him cheating because the woman in the passenger seat was not his wife. So this kind of thing has happened before. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's always what you least expect. And there's nobody chattier, you and I both know this, Mark, because we're parents, than a child. I'm saying it was the kid. Actually, it was the drone. They used a drone to take pictures that they then used as incriminating information in this zoning dispute because they took pictures of these people's buildings and they're saying 
it was unlawful for them to use a drone in that way. So we'll have to see what the Michigan Supreme Court ends up ruling on this. But, uh, but yeah, they used a drone. It wasn't the nine-year-old. They didn't get the kid to tell him his parents. Because that kind of stuff happens, and there's nothing worse than having your offspring dime you out. Remember last week we talked about an owner trying to narc on his dog for a crime he committed. The child doing it to you would be almost as bad. So now that brings us to the segment of the show that we call the cliffhanger question of the week. And here's how this works. We give you a question, just like the questions we've been giving you, but we don't give you the answer just yet. We make you stew on it for an entire week. We make it live in your brain like a parasite while you mull it over. And we trust that you're going to use the honor system here and not look this up over the course of the next week. First off, we have to give you last week's cliffhanger question of the week so we can give you that answer and finally quell the mystery that has been plaguing you over the past seven days. So let's go ahead and remind you what last week's question was and that, Zach, it was yours. That's right, Mark. It came from our friends KNX in Los Angeles. Dancers at the Star Garden Topless Dive Bar in North Hollywood won their 15-month battle to become the nation's first strippers. Before we go any further, Mark, i got to say, I've never heard dive bar and strip club at the same time, so I'm wildly curious. I have to know what this looks like. The question was, these women are the first dancers to do what? A, become CPR certified. B, operate the first dancer-owned club, or C, unionize. I think at this point in the history of America, there has to have been at least one enterprising stripper who decided to open her own club by now. So I don't think it's that one. So that leaves us with become CPR certified or unionize. I think having at least one stripper in the club that is certified in CPR is probably a great idea. You don't know what old boy is going to do when he finally gets the girl in his lap. It might be a little too much for the ticker. It might knock him out a little bit. And then she's right there to, to, to start the CPR and, and get him back within the realm of the living until the EMS can show up and finish the job. I don't think that's the first, though. I think with the push that we've seen across the country with Starbucks employees and Amazon employees all unionizing, unionizing is the big buzzword right now. And why not? have a bunch of strippers advocating for each other because in the end all they've got is each other so let's say unionize mark you're absolutely right that the union movement has reached the strip club you know i was thinking about it there was a chris rock song slash joke no sex in the champagne room right maybe we need to add something to that though based on this conversation well there's no sex in the champagne room but there are defibrillators just in case. And it's a smart idea because you don't want anybody dying on your watch while you're in the middle of whatever you might be doing in a strip club. If my wife is listening, I have no idea what they do in the strip club. Never been, never seen one. The one question I do have, though, Mark, <laughs> the strippers go on strike. Are there scabs, replacement strippers? I have to know. Did you hit the second string, the ones that didn't make the first cut? Maybe the bartenders and the owner have to get involved. Maybe the DJ jumps on stage. I don't know how this works. That brings us to... This week's cliffhanger question of the week is a clip from the Mark Cox Show over at KFTK in St. Louis. 64-year-old yeah. Clifton <laughs> Williams was arrested in Louisville over the weekend as he admitted to shooting his roommate following an argument over... So what did this man's roommate do to elicit such an aggressive response? Was it A, he canceled HBO Max before the weekend's series finale of Barry... 
which by the time this airs, you'll all have seen it, I'll have seen it, we'll know how the show ends, but when this happened, who knows? Was it B, he wouldn't stop trailing his farts in front of him, or was it C, he ate the last Hot Pocket? Now, I know we're not going to answer this now, Mark. It's been a long time since I've had a roommate, uh, but I've had plenty of them. And look, we know that with the right, maybe wrong roommate, it doesn't take a whole lot. Now, I'm not advocating violence, but getting annoyed with roommates can be relatively easy depending on the situation. The one that seems to be the most annoying is B. To me, look, losing HBO sucks, and having people eat your food sucks, but having your house smell like rank ass all the time is horrible, especially if they're doing it right in front of you. So, I mean, look, these are all bad, but if I had to guess now, I already have one in mind. <laughs> look, all I'm going to say, because I'm not giving the answer away, but to your point, if we're going to elaborate on that, one of the best revenges you can have on a bad roommate is the old crop dusting routine where you leave the trail knowing that they're going to follow you and they have to walk straight through the gauntlet to get where they're going. And there's just nothing you can do about it. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so glad. I, Not a thing. I'm so glad I don't have a roommate anymore for all these reasons. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to let you mull about that one over the course of the next week. And we're going to wrap this whole thing up because, hey, it's summer. Go outside. Have yourself a cocktail at the pool or at the beach or in the backyard and, uh, and and relax because you've earned it. Just like you've earned this amazing episode of Name That News. Special thanks to Brian Fisher, who helps put the show together. And special thanks to you for joining us. If you like what you heard, then please pound that subscribe button, bookmark us on your browser, set a reminder on your calendar, because we're here every single week with another episode of Name That News. Thank you.